Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Tonight, the historic vote, the January 6th committee recommending criminal charges for former President Trump. The committee in its final public hearing referring Mr. Trump to the Justice Department for potential prosecution on four crimes, including inciting an insurrection and conspiracy to defraud the United States. Will the DOJ act on these non-binding referrals? And how will Mr. Trump respond? And breaking tonight, the Supreme Court temporarily blocking a ruling that would lift a pandemic-era policy at the border amid fears it will lead to a massive influx of migrants. What could happen next? Our report on the border. The powerful storm that could disrupt holiday travel for millions. We're tracking it. The midair scare on a flight to Hawaii, severe turbulence injuring at least 20 people. The investigation. Breaking news in Los Angeles. The verdict just coming down in the second rape trial of Harvey Weinstein. The former crypto mogul charged with fraud agreeing to be extradited to the U.S. The chaotic day in court. Turmoil at Twitter. Elon Musk asking users in a poll if he should step down as CEO. And the majority saying yes. Will he abide by the results? This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening, everyone. Today's parting message from the House January 6th committee reads like a criminal indictment, which is exactly what they're hoping comes of their work. In their final public session, the bipartisan panel voting unanimously to recommend to the Department of Justice four criminal charges against former President Trump and others related to the attack on the Capitol, including inciting and aiding an insurrection, accusing the ex-president of intending to disrupt the peaceful transition of power. The committee, with no authority of its own to charge, laying out the evidence and pillars of its findings and what amounted to closing arguments as it races to complete its work and issue its final report before the new Republican-controlled Congress takes over next month. Garrett Hake is on Capitol Hill with details. Tonight, the House January 6th committee voting to refer former President Trump to the Department of Justice for criminal prosecution for his efforts to overturn the 2020 election and incite the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Every president in our history has defended this orderly transfer of authority except one. January 6th, 2021 was the first time one American president refused his constitutional duty to transfer power peacefully to the next. In their final public presentation, the committee saying they have accumulated sufficient evidence that the former president be prosecuted for four different crimes. Obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to make a false statement, and inciting or assisting an insurrection. Mr. Trump would be the first person to face an insurrection charge related to January 6th. The president has an affirmative and primary constitutional duty to act to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Nothing could be a greater betrayal of this duty than to assist in insurrection against the constitutional order. 
But the committee's criminal referrals carry no legal weight. Any charging decisions still fall to DOJ prosecutors, led by special counsel Jack Smith, who now oversees the department's ongoing Trump-related probes. Still, committee members say they felt the weight of history, having completed their 18-month investigation, which included more than 1,200 witness interviews and more than a million pages of records reviewed. Um. Uh, proud of the work of the committee. I'm proud of the staff and the time they put in. Republicans, though, have blasted the committee, which is comprised of seven Democrats and two Republicans, all fierce critics of Mr. Trump, as a partisan sham. One Republican, who the committee referred to the Ethics Committee for defying its subpoena, calling it a kangaroo court desperate for revenge against Mr. Trump. A response Mr. Trump echoed in a radio interview conducted during the hearing. We have uh, all Democrats and Republicans in very poor standing, two of them. I mean, the whole thing. It's a kangaroo court. What can I say? The committee also referring Trump lawyer John Eastman to the DOJ on charges of obstruction of an official proceeding and conspiracy to defraud the United States. Eastman responding with a statement calling the committee's work, quote, pretend prosecutors designed to create political advantage for the Democratic Party. The committee plans to release their full report on Wednesday, today releasing a 154-page summary of their findings, describing the scheme to overturn the election results they outlined over 10 public hearings. And Garrett, we should note there are limits on the impact of the committee's other referrals, too. Yeah, Lester, that's right. The committee referred four Republican lawmakers who failed to comply with their subpoenas to the House Ethics Committee. But the committee has almost no time left to conduct an inquiry in this Congress, which ends at the end of this year and is highly unlikely to begin one in the next Congress when Republicans take control. Lester. Garrett Hake at the Capitol. Thanks. I want to bring in NBC's Peter Alexander now. Peter, no matter what the Justice Department decides to do here, this is another setback for former President Trump. Lester, just think about his last month since announcing a 2024 re-election bid. These criminal referrals, a special counsel has just been named. Herschel Walker, the Senate candidate that he handpicked, lost that runoff in Georgia. And his family business was found guilty of tax fraud. The big picture here, Republican support for a Trump 2024 bid. It looks like it could be waning. Some polls now show GOP voters prefer Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who has not said whether he will run. Former President Trump, of course, he remains a force in the Republican Party. Still, today, I think it punctuates a rough patch for Mr. Trump. He no longer has the immunity from indictment that being president gave him in the past. Late tonight, for his part, Mr. Trump posted, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Lester. Peter Alexander, thank you. Breaking news tonight on the migrant crisis at the southern border. The Supreme Court temporarily blocking the lifting of a Trump-era border restriction this week. It comes as El Paso, Texas, has declared a state of emergency because of the surge of migrants. Morgan Chesky has the breaking details. Tonight, just hours before the pandemic-era border restriction known as Title 42 was said to be lifted, and with record number of migrants crossing the border surging, the Supreme Court stepping in. Chief Justice John Roberts responding to a request from Republican officials, issuing a stay for now, which will keep Title 42 in place temporarily. It comes with El Paso, Texas, under a state of emergency, with thousands of migrants crossing the border into the U.S. every day. Many of them are released onto the streets, where they've been sleeping outside. The mayor making the emergency declaration this weekend, saying city resources are overwhelmed, migrant shelters 
already packed. We do need more housing and we'll continue to need more housing. That's been the biggest thing. There were expectations the lifting of Title 42 would have sent the number of illegal border crossings soaring even higher. The Texas governor, who blames Biden administration policies for the ongoing migrant influx, with this warning. If the courts do not intervene uh, and, and put a halt to the removal of Title 42, it's going to be total chaos. Border officials telling NBC News if Title 42 is lifted, they're expecting even larger numbers. A record 10,000 illegal border crossings per day. Tonight, New York City's mayor saying the city is nearly out of money to shelter the busloads of migrants arriving every week, which he says could force the city to cut or curtail programs New Yorkers rely on unless they get federal help. Many migrants are crossing into the U.S. from Ciudad Juarez, Mexico. Tonight, NBC's Guad Venegas is there, where he met a family from Venezuela saying they'll cross after Title 42 is lifted. She's been traveling with her baby for three months. ¿Qué ha sido lo más difícil esos tres meses? She says crossing Mexico is the most difficult thing. And this family, who says they escaped kidnappers on their grueling journey through a jungle. They saw people dead. Officials are calling it a humanitarian crisis, with some migrant families huddling in a makeshift campsite in downtown El Paso. It's freezing temperatures overnight. We have children and babies who were sleeping in streets. And tonight, the chief justice signaling a timeline that suggests the Supreme Court wants to act quickly on this issue, requesting the Biden administration respond to the state's request to lift Title 42 by tomorrow afternoon. Lester. Morgan Chesky, thank you. And those freezing temperatures in Texas just mentioned could get a lot worse this week as much of the country faces a dangerous cold wave and a massive new winter storm. Bill Karens is tracking it all. Bill, what are we looking at? Uh, Lester, millions of people are changing their travel plans. Let's fast forward to the worst of this storm. Wisconsin to Missouri on Thursday. Snowstorm breaks out. The high winds pick up Thursday night. This storm really intensifies into a blizzard by Friday morning. Chicago, Detroit, Indianapolis, northwards, lower Great Lakes going to be the worst of it. The northeast, heavy rain, gusty winds Friday morning and afternoon. But then a flash freeze comes in Friday night as the temperatures plummet. Everywhere you see in purple is heavy snow. But even areas of Tennessee and Arkansas have a chance of getting a little bit of snow out of this. And about the cold, 72 hours below freezing likely in Dallas. By Christmas Eve morning, all of this cold air arrives on the East Coast with a freeze possible even in central Florida. Lester? Doesn't look good. All right, Bill, thank you. And that severe weather likely to disrupt travel for many of the 113 million expected to drive or fly this holiday. Tom Costello is at New York's LaGuardia Airport. Tom, you're tracking the developing weather and also another story about the danger of turbulence. Yeah, that's right, Lester, and good evening. So we do have some delays and cancellations building that will continue to build through the week as the weather rolls through. We're watching this United flight, Rio into Houston. They hit bad turbulence, 15 people injured, five to area hospitals. That's not nearly as bad as the flight from Phoenix to Honolulu, 36 people injured. On board Hawaiian Air Flight 35, the aftermath of a violent encounter with midair turbulence. Dangling oxygen masks, luggage bins, and ceiling panels popped open. A puncture hole from a flying water bottle. Everybody was screaming. It was probably the most turbulent flight we've ever been on. We travel a lot. The pilot's emergency radio call captured on liveatc.net. Uh, yeah, we, um, it's a pretty severe turbulence, and uh, we actually have three flight attendants that uh, are injured. It happened at 36,000 feet. My life flashed before my eyes. I was scared. 
The Airbus A330 with 288 people on board was just 30 minutes from Honolulu. Once landed, medics declared a mass casualty emergency, taking 20 to area hospitals, most with head injuries, cuts and bruises, including a 14-month-old baby. While the fasten seatbelt sign was on, many, including flight attendants, reportedly were not wearing their belts. I saw like a few, like a handful of people with lacerations on their head and blood. Down. Severe turbulence injures dozens every year. It usually occurs when planes encounter rapid changes in wind direction and velocity, moving from slow-moving to fast-moving air, or when a plane encounters the top of a thunderstorm that is more violent than radar indicated. We're dealing with a lot of unstable air and, and weather conditions that, that are, uh, are certainly difficult to deal with um, if you're an airline. NTSB Chief Jennifer Hammondy. I will say seatbelts, seatbelts, seatbelts. That is the most important part of this. Children under two should be in a carrier and also strapped in. An unpredictable force of nature as holiday travel kicks off. Tom Costello, NBC News, New York. We've got breaking news here in Los Angeles. A verdict in the rape and sexual assault trial of former Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein. Dana Griffin is following it all. Dana, what are you hearing? Lester, the 70-year-old former Hollywood movie mogul has now been convicted of rape on both coasts. A jury in Los Angeles returning guilty verdicts on three counts, including forcible rape. The announcement came after 10 days of deliberations and a nearly two-month-long trial. Now, the jury was hung on three counts and found Weinstein not guilty on a fourth. Weinstein is already serving a 23-year prison sentence for a rape conviction in New York. Weinstein pleaded not guilty in both trials and denies all allegations of non-consensual sex. Court here in L.A. resumes tomorrow to consider aggravating factors. Depending on the jury's decision, Weinstein faces up to 24 years in prison. Lester? Dana Griffin with that developing news here in Los Angeles. Thank you. In 60 seconds, will Elon Musk step down as the head of Twitter? After weeks of turmoil, Musk himself put the question to Twitter users. What it all could mean next. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. The UN Refugee Agency, or UNHCR, responds to emergencies and provides long-term solutions for refugees. They provide aid in over 130 countries, including Ukraine, Syria, Afghanistan, and Sudan, where people are forced to flee from war and persecution at their greatest moment of need. UNHCR helps and protects refugees by providing food, shelter, medical care, and other life-saving essentials. The agency jumpstarts relief in three key ways. They transport core relief items stored in even the most remote areas of the world. They deploy expert emergency staff trained to help in crisis situations. And they transfer funds directly to support the emergency. Because of generous supporters and donors, UNHCR can scale up its response within 72 hours of a large-scale emergency. Your support helps provide life-saving aid for refugees whenever and wherever emergencies occur. Donate to USA for UNHCR by visiting unrefugees.org slash donation. 
Former crypto mogul Sam Bankman-Fried will waived extradition back to the U.S., CNBC reports, after a chaotic day in court in the Bahamas and mixed signals from his attorneys about whether he would return to the U.S. voluntarily. The FTX founder was arrested in the Bahamas last week and charged with defrauding his investors. And the future of Twitter is up in the air after Elon Musk launched a poll asking whether he should step down as CEO. The majority of users who voted said yes. As Gabe Gutierrez reports, it comes after some especially turbulent days at the company. Tonight, the results of Elon Musk's Twitter poll are in. He should step down as the social media giant CEO, according to 57.5% of respondents. More than 17 million votes were cast in the unscientific survey, which Musk said he would abide by. He said himself he does not have a successor. So the question becomes, if he does step down after the results of this poll, who takes over for him? Minutes after launching the survey, Musk tweeting, be careful what you wish, as you might get it. He was spotted over the weekend at the World Cup final in Doha. Just before creating the poll, Musk faced backlash for a new policy that had restricted some links to other social media platforms. That policy was deleted less than 24 hours after it was introduced. Musk tweeted that going forward, he would poll Twitter users about policy changes. Advertisers get scared being involved in a chaotic platform on social media like this. They want brand safe content to put their ads next to, and they're not getting that right now. After buying Twitter for $44 billion, Musk's time as CEO has been a whirlwind, marked by mass layoffs, abrupt policy changes, and account suspensions. Shares of Musk's other major company, Tesla, have plummeted more than 30% since he took over Twitter. That has left some observers to question whether this latest poll about Twitter's future could be an off-ramp for its controversial CEO. Still, with or without the CEO title, it's unlikely Musk would relinquish complete control of the company he paid so much for. As is often the case, his next move is unclear. Lester? All right, Gabe, thank you. Up next, the charging challenge, a tale of two very different road trips you'll want to see. As electric vehicles take off, a challenge remains. Jake Ward takes a look at how easy or difficult it can be to charge your car. The dream of America has always been the dream of the open road. But that dream falls apart if your car runs out of juice. The Biden administration is spending more than $7 billion to put 500,000 chargers on American roads. But we have a long way to go. We borrowed this bolt from Chevrolet because it's the most affordable American-made electric vehicle out there. It starts at about $25,000. Now, California is really the model of what the U.S. is going to need to look like. And to show you that, we're going to drive 120 miles between Los Angeles and San Diego. The Department of Energy estimates that there's about 2,900 places to charge within five miles of the route I'm going to take. That means it's easy to charge wherever I need to. At the grocery store, getting coffee, or catching the sunset at the beach. I made it to San Diego with 95 miles left over, but here's the thing, it's not this easy everywhere. This is Houston, Texas, and today I'm gonna drive roughly the same distance from here to Austin in the same model car. Major cities and a major highway, but charging is a major inconvenience. We're coming up on our halfway point, LaGrange, Texas. 
Texas is in fact one of the most charging ready states, but it's no California. I really only have a couple of options. There's this one at a Domino's. How often have you seen these things in use? Rarely ever. I've only seen one person ever actually sit out here and successfully be able to use them. It's no wonder none of these seem to work. Nope, nope, nope. At this point, our final option, one random charger at this antique dealer's DIY hotel. <laughs> oh man, this is literally my last chance. I do not have the mileage to get to Austin. Charge cord not fully inserted. Charging. Yes. We're gonna make it to Austin. Why is it so hard to come by a charger in this part of Texas? I think possibly because it's such a heavy oil state. I don't know. I That's mean, the history. People like combustible engines. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. Sure. I feel like when there's a need for something, you, you supply the need and it got you here. Half an hour on this old school charger got me an extra 15 miles. If you live in the wrong part of the state and you drive for a living, this doesn't work. In California, EVs are already a part of life, but here in Texas, they've only just begun to spend federal money to make that possible. We just barely made it here. And right now, that is the story of driving an EV long distances across so much of America. Jake Ward, NBC News, Austin, and San Diego. And that's Nightly News. Thank you for watching. I'm Lester Holt. Please take care of yourself and each other. Good night, everyone. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.